are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, praise the Lord. It's always a, a joy, it's always a pleasure for me to present the Word of God. Uh, it's a, a large part of my life, and, uh, and I enjoy it. And I thank God for the, the strength and the ability to still be able to do it. Um, we're talking, as I said before, we're going to be speaking on destiny. Uh, I've, this is my second message, and I'll have four more after this to do. And um, we want to look at the, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our destiny today. And we begin off with the scripture. And uh, Jesus said, look, I am sending you what my father promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. At the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus said to the Father, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. When we talk about living out our destiny, we're talking about finding and living the will of God and finishing the work that he has called us to do. And we all know that we can do a great job for the Lord or we can do a poor job for the Lord. It depends on how we prepare ourselves for that. We can be a good office worker, or we can be a lousy office worker. We can be a good laborer that everybody wants to hire, or we can be one that everybody fires. The will of God is pertaining to our personal lives. God came to bring us an abundance Success in every area of our lives. This covers the, the covenant promises of God. The promise for good health. Financial provision. Peace. Good relationships. Happy marriages. Joy. Power over the enemy. Walking in the authority that God has given us having dominion over all the works of the enemy. The work of God refers to a life mission, an assignment, a vocation, a career. You see, every believer is commissioned by God to work for him. To work in a field of some vocation, 
as a representative of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we look at the pastors and, and the people that work full-time in the church and say, well, that's, that's the ministry. But it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You're ministering to the Lord. Do you know that we are supposed to, everything we do, to do it as unto the Lord? If you're using a pick and shovel or using a computer in your job, you do it as unto the Lord. It's not just about making money and building a career. It's about living for and serving God in our call, a call to service. It's about being the best doctor, the best lawyer, the best laborer, the best pastor, the best school teacher, the best, best oil worker, the best maintenance man, the best mechanic, the best housewife, the best computer tech, the best landscaper, the best painter, the best graphic artist, the best at whatever you do. Because you understand that this is what you were created to do. And in this day and age, we find that we, we may have many different careers in a lifetime. But you do the best you can where you're planted. When God opens a door to go somewhere else, to do something else, you take that. And then you do your best there. As you do it, you honor God by your life, by your testimony. You know, you might have a tremendous memory and be able to quote scriptures without ever opening the Bible. But if your life don't measure up to it, you're being a hindrance to the kingdom of God. You advance the cause of the kingdom by your life, by the way that you live, the way that you talk, and the way that you act. God wants us to be shining lights and sprinkling salt in the marketplace because the Bible says that we are the light of the world. It says that Jesus is the light of the world, and then it says that we also are the light of the world. For many people, the only Jesus they will ever see and ever know is the Jesus that they see in us. This is the work of God. However, it won't just happen just because God desires this in my life and in yours. He has planned it, but you and I are responsible for the outcome. And when you look at it like that, that's a tall order. But God has provided help for you 
and for me to fulfill our destiny. And so that brings us to the help, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is power for service. Jesus began preparing his disciples for this in the Gospels. John chapter 16, verse 7, he said, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What Jesus was saying, as long as I am here in a physical body on this earth, you will not have the power and the ability that is available to you. I must go to the Father. But when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. And the significance of that was that while Jesus could only be in his body when he was on this earth, he could be in one place at one time just like you and I. If he was in Edmonton, he could not be in Cold Lake. If he was somewhere in America, he couldn't be somewhere in Canada at the same time. But when he sent the precious Holy Spirit in dwelling within each one of us, wherever you are, he is. And so today in God's people all across the globe, the Holy Spirit is there as well. And God's people have the ability and the capability of ministering powerfully in the name of Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit. After his resurrection, he emphasized the importance of receiving this gift before they began their ministry. These are some of the last words that he spoke on earth. Acts 1, verses, verse 4, 5, and 8. It says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father. Promised, uh, the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This promised power and ability was sent just as Jesus said it would be. 
It's recorded in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. His assignment is to develop the personality and character of Jesus in every believer. To establish the will and the purpose of God in the earth. When you see, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, spiritual death is taken away from you. You become alive. You become a new creature, the Bible says in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. Every one of us that have said, Lord, I'm a sinner, come into my heart. He comes into my heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Now, I've told some of you my testimony, and so I'm not going to go into that in any detail, but... I first gave my heart to Jesus. I dedicated my life to Jesus when I was nine years of age. I received some terrible, terrible persecution as a little boy of nine. And I lasted about a year trying to serve God. And one wintry day, uh, crowd of kids surrounded me. So, okay, Hayward, we want you to swear. You have to curse now. You have to curse God right now. We're going to strip, if you don't do it, we're going to strip you naked and throw you in the snowbank. A little nine-year-old boy surrounded like that. I didn't have the courage to say, do what you like. I'm not going to do it. So there, I took the name of the Lord in vain, said the things they wanted me to say, and they let me go. I didn't know. I didn't have any idea that I could say right there, right then, after I had done these things, I could have said, Lord, I didn't want to do that. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do that. Lord, forgive me. And it would have been well with my soul. But for the next number of years, I became a real rascal. I made up stories, dirty stories, and told them to anyone who would listen. Do anything to get a laugh. I wrote songs, off-color songs and invited to every party that was going on on the island that I lived on. 
Later, I tried serving God again. Still didn't last. After we were married, Effie went to a Pentecostal church. By this time, I had turned my back upon the Pentecostal church, wasn't going to have anything to do with it. That was it. I was going to be a part of, I joined another church, another brand. <laughs> and anyway, she went to the Pentecostal church. We both went that day, that evening. We both got up from our seat. I thought we were going out, and Effie thought we were going to the altar. She went to the altar, and I went through the door. And uh, about three months after that, I finally gave in and gave my heart to Jesus. We went to, we were going to be baptized in water in the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, so I came home from work. I was a logger at the time. I came home, got a weekend off. Came home, we were both baptized at the same time. And that Sunday evening, we had church service. And Effie received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I was flat out on the floor. Nothing happened. Never got it. I was nine years after that before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I heard so many things about it. And I... I don't know what I was expecting, but it took me nine years. But I remember in a camp meeting, I was always very, very shy, uh, very introverted. And my, my nature, even to this day, is that way. I'm more comfortable talking on a one-on-one -on -one basis than talking in a, in a group of people. But because of the calling that God gave me, I feel, I feel more comfortable speaking to these many people here today than if we had 10 or 15 people speaking. And I feel real, real well if I was speaking to thousands. But that's the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the gift and the callings that God gives a person. So it doesn't matter what you're like or what kind of a uh, personality you have. If you give your life to Christ, if you give your talents to Him, He will use it for His glory. And so I went to this camp meeting and I knelt down this evening. Always before I would wait uh, until everybody was up and moving and I was sleeping with the crowd and go forward. This night the invitation was given and the speaker said, whoever wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you just stand to your feet right now and come. And I didn't look around to see if anyone else was going. I went and I knelt at the altar. And when I knelt down at the altar, I said, Lord, I'm here now to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the only way I'm leaving this spot is uh, if the people, if the ushers come and drag me out bodily. I'm here until I'm filled. Five minutes later, I was speaking in a language that I never learned. 
And I was speaking in that language for about 30 minutes or so. And when I opened my eyes, my old pastor from a church that I attended of about, the congregation was about 1,500 people. And when I opened my eyes and I saw him, I said, wow, I could have had this nine years ago. And he smiled at me and said, yes, son, you could. What did the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit do for me? It gave me a greater boldness. It gave me a greater ability to be able to understand the Word of God. And it helped the Lord to be able to use me in doing a lot of good for His kingdom. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is your privilege. It's the promise of the Father for everyone who believes. Now, some people will tell you that when you, get, when you ask Christ into your heart, when you become born again, you have the Holy Spirit comes within you and you have everything. That's it. Nothing else left to have. That's not right. You have the Holy Spirit. But you want the power. Jesus told the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't begin your ministry until you're endued with power from on high. The baptism of the Holy Spirit transforms you. Peter, from a coward to a bold witness for Christ. That don't happen to a person overnight naturally. Who a few days earlier had said to a servant girl, I don't know Jesus. I don't know this man. And so, now, he is a bold witness for the Lord. Explaining that they had crucified the Lord of glory. and Looking at a man who was a beggar and a cripple. And saying, we don't have any silver or gold to give you. But here is what we do have. And we'll give this to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And miracle of miracles, the man, the Bible says, he receives strength in his feet, in his ankle bones, and he began to walk and leap and praise the Lord, and he walked into the temple with them. See, that's a miracle. And you wouldn't expect that out of Peter. But of course, Peter was being directed by the Holy Spirit. Now you say, well, that's okay. That was Peter. But I couldn't do that. Yes, I could. Yes, you could. 
because we are only instruments in God's hand. John and Peter saw beyond what was the physical. And so they spoke as the Spirit of God guided them. The crippled beggar was healed. Now, how do we receive then, if this is something different than receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior, how do we receive it? Your baptism in the Holy Spirit is received by faith. Just like your salvation is received. It's faith. Our Christian walk is a walk of faith. One day I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Take away all my sin. I want to serve you. And I became born again. How do I know? Because the Bible said, first of all. And I believed it. And there's nobody can tell me different today. I know that I know that I know that I'm born again. Do you? Amen. Well, being filled with the Holy Spirit is the same. It's by faith. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? When you ask in faith, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. He will also fill you and endue you with power. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, as in the book of Acts, you speak in tongues. Speaking with an unknown tongue is the voice of your heart. When you speak in a known language is the voice of your human mind. If you grew up speaking English, if your, your first language is English, you, you're thinking in English and you speak English. If it's French, you speak French. But the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance. So when you're talking about the spiritual things, you're not talking about the things of the mind. You're not, you're not giving the utterance. Your pastor is not giving you the utterance. You're not being trained to speak in an unknown tongue. The Holy Spirit. You provide the tongue, you, you provide your tongue, you provide the sound, the Holy Spirit provides the language. 
Holy Spirit will give you the utterance just as your mind gives you the thoughts to speak. To speak in tongues, you must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to speak through you. Ask the Holy Spirit to charge, uh, uh, to take charge of your tongue. Then yield your tongue to his use. Now here's something. You can't speak in your own language and tongues at the same time. Just as you cannot speak French and English at the same time. You will supply the sound, but the Holy Spirit will supply the words. The words unknown to you. And anything, if it's not known to you, to you it will sound like babble. You know how a little baby, when they're starting to talk, they get out to say, Mom? But everything else they say you don't, doesn't make sense. They may be trying to say something, but they haven't got the words yet. One of the first words they're going to say is, Mine. Remember, the Bible says, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You've got to ask. Why is that? I don't have the faintest clue. But the Bible says. So if you want to receive your baptism in the Holy Spirit, you just need to ask him. So what part does the Holy Spirit play in our destiny? A large part. It's the difference between choosing to go through life on your own, in your own strength, or allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. Jesus said the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, remind you of everything that I have told you. Just think for a moment. The miracles of the gospel, they were performed by Jesus. He said concerning the Holy Spirit, very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And even greater than, than these shall he do because I go to my Father. The book of Acts is filled with a continuation of Jesus' work. After they were filled with the Holy Spirit. As you read the book of Acts, it is as if Jesus had never left. The very thing that he said would happen was happening. It was on a larger scale than, than ever before. Because now it wasn't just Jesus. 
in, the, in his own personal body. But it was Jesus in Peter, and Jesus in Paul, and Jesus in James, and Jesus in John, and Jesus in Philip. And the Word of God was being manifested mightily. The epistles of Paul teach Holy Spirit in great detail. Who through the, the world have been having miraculous signs following their ministry? Who is it that when you want to see the prophetic, when you want to see healings taking place, when you want to see various kinds of miracles, where are you going to go? To Jesus. And what type of a service would you expect to go into if you wanted to be healed this morning? A full gospel service? A service where they believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal sick bodies? To restore your finances? To heal your marriage? To restore your children? Only place where you find these things happening is people that are spirit-filled. We might have our different opinions about the Benny Hints and the Kenneth Copelands. But I want to tell you something. The Joyce Myers of our day are the ones that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. That the power of the Holy Spirit is available to heal you, that is available to, to restore your life. And so when a person is in need when a person wants something from God. They want, to they want to go to somebody who believes that something will happen when they pray. Now, if I have any fault at all with our Pentecostal denomination today, it is that we are becoming too liberal we are becoming too dignified. We are getting to a place where we just want to come in, spend an hour, and go home, and do nothing else for the rest of the week. We'll come back and do it all over again next Sunday. And we're all to blame. I'm probably more to blame than anyone else here in the building. Because I have conformed to what the people desire. 
or what a few people desire. But for everyone that wants to just have a just dignified service, there's ten that says, oh God, where is that power of the Holy Spirit? Where is that sense of victory? There's got to be more to this than just coming to church and singing a song and going home. I'm struggling in my job. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in my career. I'm struggling in my health. Families breaking apart. And I look into the Bible. And the Bible tells me that no, no evil can come near my dwelling. And I'm being bombarded on every side. What's the problem? We've been trying to do it in our own strength. We've tried to fit in into a one-world religion. And it's coming so subtly into the church. And we need to return to the God of our fathers. We need to return to the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There is no church with a greater potential, no body of believers with a greater potential than Cole Community Church. Filled with young, vibrant men and women. You can change your world for Christ. But you're not going to do it in your own strength. You're not going to do it with your own talent. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. If I would be obedient to the Holy Spirit and fill out the rest of my days with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I would be more effective for the kingdom of God in my last days than I've been in the last 70 years. And that goes for every one of us. We need the Holy Spirit. And folks, I know it was only in the 19, early 1900s when the, the Holy Spirit was outpoured in a, in a great measure all over the world. And when the Holy Spirit was outpoured, 
was poured on mostly just as in Jesus' day. On the poor and the unlearned. And our forefathers did a lot of things that were off the wall. The people that criticized had every right to criticize because we did a lot of things wrong. But understand me, the precious Holy Spirit baptism is not given for show. Understand me, I could speak for, the, for an hour in an unknown language and I'm no better than I was before I started. Tongues is not given to show how spiritual I am. Tongues is simply an indication for you that you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then from then on, is to be used as a prayer language where you're praying to God. The Bible says when you, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're not, not speaking to man. You're speaking to God. So tongues is not for all of us going crazy in the building and just everyone speaking in tongues. That's not what it's meant for. It's meant to edify you. It's meant to build you up. To build up the church. So when I'm edified and you're edified, then the church is edified. It doesn't mean that we all got to be speaking audibly in tongues in this building this morning to edify the church. That could probably tear the church apart. When I'm edified, then it helps to edify others. Then, of course, sometimes God wants to speak to his church, and he'll give a message in tongues. And then that calls for an interpretation. And somebody has to interpret. And if there's no interpreter, that person is to remain silent. Amen? We have some fairly strict regulations on how we operate in the Holy Spirit. But we never want to put a lid on what God is doing. But one thing we need, and that is a personal baptism in the Holy Spirit, every one of us. And we should be calling out to God and saying, Lord, I want to receive 
the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God will do it. The Bible says he will. He's more, he's more interested in giving you the baptism of the Holy Spirit than you are indulgently seeking. For this church, we have an application for membership. One of the questions that's asked is, have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues? Some of you have answered no. And then the next question decides whether or not you will be accepted into membership. Are you diligently seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that it is for today and, do you be, and are you seeking it? And if you say yes, I believe it's for today and I'm seeking it then we accept you with open arms. Why? Why do we not really want people to be members of the, of the church if they're not seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We're only a generation away from not being Pentecostal anymore. If we let down that standard, we will get to a place where nobody believes anymore. And then we have become a mainline denomination. That's why. And so today, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then all you have to do is ask. Ask Jesus to baptize you. He'll do it. You receive him by faith. Begin to thank him for this miracle. The Holy Spirit's power will fill your life. Musicians, if you can come back, please. How many in this room right now would say, yes, Pastor, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues? Would you stand, please?
I'm going to ask you one more thing. Would you mind coming up here and standing with me? Just come up here and just stand along. Yeah. Right along. Okay. Okay, this is a this is a testimony that is not just one or two people. These are people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now maybe some of you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to come. Nobody's, nobody's going to touch you this morning. No one's going to lay hands on you. But we just want you to come and stand with us in the next row. And then we're going to pray. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to believe God to fill you this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.